chunk, 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 chunk. What in the world? <laughs> Ooh. Feeling good, folks. Uh, welcome back to this e- this week's Yawa. It's a great start to this week's Yawa. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of these awesome videos as well as Ethan's silliness. I do what I can. But we have some really cool stuff today. Everybody always wants to know what we're drinking. Not that we're a bunch of... Mojitos. But they are mojitos, yes. And actually, more specifically, they are genitos. We got um, some very special stuff here. Hey, Mike, Mike, what's? give me some of that special stuff. You ever seen Space Jam? No. Are you serious? Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's the alien Lily basketball Jones, one. Michael Jordan. It's like a, it's yeah, an American I, I classic. Yeah, I did see it, but I tuned most of it out, apparently. The special stuff. Anyhow, Spirit Hound Distilleries. This is gin, and they said we love to make in the summer gin hitos with this gin specifically. And Chet, who's actually one of our Patreon members, and his family got the opportunity to stop out from Colorado. And this is coming from, it says right on it, Lions, Colorado. Colorado. Yes. And they had uh, this mint. I don't know if you even knew this, but this mint is actually grown in their their garden or one of their neighbor's garden or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly. Well, thank you very much for dropping off the ingredients for these wonderful mojitos. Today it was like a hundred and something out. So, so this tastes absolutely perfectly fantastic. refreshing on a day like today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to last long. <laughs> so should we get started with a question? No, absolutely oh, not. Okay. We have some really cool announcements this week. <clears throat> now that we've gotten through and uh, these are the, the brew dog. If you guys have watched before, we had the, uh, brew dog beer. I and think we drank these during maybe the gunfire talk. Yeah, that's it what it was. Talk. It was uh, how not to introduce your dog to gunfire. If you haven't watched that video, we did a really good job with it. Toot. That was my own horn again. Um, but we did a pretty good job with it, and that's when we enjoyed this brew dog beer. So we're we're recycling these awesome little cups. Yeah, they're and awesome. On to the announcements. Um, on our website, we just recently have updated this. First of all, a lot of you have been asking. I believe these hats are now on the website. These ones have been on the website. And we have a third bah, 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 uh, hat coming. It should be here by the end of the month. Which now, is the end of the month is today. Yeah, so Yesterday. I don't think it made it. No, but. it didn't make it. On or before 6.30, that's what they told me. Well, they were wrong. But they should be here very, 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 very soon, barring the holiday. I would assume we'll slow that just a smidge. But um, so those will be up. And then something else a lot of you ask and have been asking and want People to know. always want to know what kind of treats we use for the dogs. What's a what good What kind of treats option? are we training with? What kind of treats are we giving them? What kind of bones are we giving them? What are good options for my dog to expend a little energy work on that chewing and uh, keeping their teeth clean, all of those wonderful things. 
And we've been big advocates of pork chops for a long time. Yes. And we finally got it all set up so that now you can purchase all of those things that we use off of our website. We have the little puppy chews all the way up to the big behemoth. Well, they're not really huge, but they are pretty good size and rolls. They last, they last the a dogs while. a little bit more time. Um, and our dogs absolutely love them as well as they're easy on digestion, which some of you may know you give your dog a special fancy chew treat and you're going to have to deal with the consequences afterwards. Mm-hmm. These are and pretty they're not easy. usually fun consequences. Mm-hmm. No, those are the like in the middle of the night, you got the dog <laughs> by the door and you're like, oh God, this isn't going to be good. Get him out. So we've got all of those things up on the website as well as antler chews. Those are something that we have been using ourselves for a little while. They last a really long time. The dogs really like them. And we actually found a company that we've been utilizing for a little while that we can actually get those and provide those to you guys now as well. So they're on our website under the for the home section of the store. Definitely check those out. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Now, what else do we have? There was something else. I feel like there was something... I probably missed the memo or something because I didn't know about half of the other announcements. So announcements, I was like, announcements, announcements. Well, if we remember, we'll put it in part two. Yes. Make you have to watch yes. multiple parts of this this week's Yawa. So as you, as you should be anyway. <laughs> Come on now, folks. All right, let's get into a question or two. Okay, and then I'm going to tell a story. Story time. This is a really good question from Instagram, 556 underscore Taylor. And I really wanted to answer this question because I recently saw a similar theme on a, I don't know, it was some group I'm on Facebook. I mean, you get invited to a million groups, some dog, short hair, hunting, I don't know, group. And I saw this video and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be bad. And I usually don't comment on things. I usually don't get involved because, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. I haven't even seen this video. I'm excited. And so I just kind of watched it and then read through the comments and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm glad a lot of people are piping up with the same opinion that I would have had. But laser pointers, good or bad. And it was this. So this is the question. It has nothing to do with the video, but it was just very well-timed that I'm like, I want to answer that because I didn't put in my two cents in the comments on the video, because like I said, I don't really do that on Facebook. I keep my comments to myself. Now, if you're asking us a specific question on Yawa, I don't keep my opinions to myself because you're coming to us for advice and you trust us. So, uh, we're not pot stirrers though. Right. We don't like to stir pots and, you know, keyboard warrior it up, but laser pointers, good or bad. Absolutely terrible. Bad, horrible, don't do it. But why? Right, I'm getting there. So if, but why? if you've ever dun, dun, dun. used a laser pointer with your dog or thought about getting one, don't do it. Um, if you've done it with your dog, stop. Uh, and the reason that we don't like using laser pointers is dogs become typically very obsessed, neurotic, looking for their next laser light fix. And they will start looking at reflections off of the glass. Or if your watch face makes a reflection off of the wall or your phone, they start hunting light. Uh, Headlights go by your window at night. They're looking for light. 
And the reason that they do that is because that laser, their prey driven animals, that movement, that light, they want to chase it. And they ultimately want to catch it, but they can never catch it because it's a beam of light. They don't understand that though. And so they never get a culmination of that game and it becomes a neurotic, well, I can't catch it. So I've got to always be hunting. I got to always look because there's just this one chance that I might catch it one of these days. The, the, the other part of that is there is no distinct start to the game and there is no distinct end to the game, um, which is what causes that neurotic behavior. So basically, poof, the light comes out of nowhere and then poof, the light is gone. And then that gets them a working dog with a working mentality. They're like, all right, now I need to be on constant high alert because it may pop up behind me or it may be there or maybe there or whatever. And it, it's just anything then they just they become fixated on looking for and hunting the light and there are multitudes of other things that you can do that are fun games that your dog is going to love they're going to enjoy and it's not going to affect their mental stability and um fortitude at all we know people we have friends that have done this and thought it was cool with their first dog and they are hitting themselves over the head with their laser pointer. No. Um, that wouldn't hurt very hard. <laughs> right. Those things are like tiny. Right. Um, but they're like, why did we ever do that? We will never do that again. And anytime they see one of their other dogs, like, oh, what was that reflection? They're like, knock it off. Don't look. Redirect their focus. We do not want this type of behavior ever happening again. Because it is very hard to deal I, with. I think I have like a piece of mint between <laughs> my teeth. I have, can you see it? Can you see no. It? Okay. No okay. mint. Good. So but I have uh, told him if he did. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Um, so the um, the moral of the story is playing games over and over and over again with the mentality that the dogs have that we are working with um, a lot of times can lead to uh, pretty severe frustration and this just continued desire. It's like when I played video games with my brother growing up. Okay. No, no, no. You get this here. So there would be, first of all, he was good. I played some games and I was a little better at specific games and he wanted to play. So we, um, and there were other games that he beat me and that's a story for another day. There's a story. You'll Is get a kick the out of this. pencil story? There's a story about a pencil and we were going no further into that story at this time. Okay. Maybe later. Okay. But. The, Have another mojito. We'll see where this story goes. <laughs> so we would play at that time. It was Halo. Halo had just come out or Halo 2, I believe, had come out. And I played a lot. I was pretty good. And he would come and play and I would beat him in this one-on-one battle that we'd have. And then he'd be like, all right, play again. And I would beat him. And then he would be like, all right, we're, we're going to play again. And he would beat him and I would play again and beat him. And that would build this like frustration that, and I got to the point where it's like, Oh, I lost. And he's like, you let me win. And we have to play again. And so there is that kind of same mentality. And there are people that can probably relate to that. Yeah. Nobody getting... likes to play the game. You can't win. No, I mean, nobody likes it. Nobody no. would want to continue that. Um, and that dog just gets more and more agitated and more and more worked up and more neurotic and won't quit then. percent. So, Great question. I hope that helped answer that question and why laser pointers are not something that we recommend. Now, the last thing with that, and this is something I heard from somebody else, and it was it was a new thought process, and I believe I've mentioned this before because we may have touched on laser pointers 
um, in some previous thing. I don't know 100% if we have in the past. All y'all that uh, follow along pretty closely, you can let us know. Have we talked about laser pointers? Um, I was listening to some other dog trainer, and it was a podcast, I believe. Um, I don't remember what the name of the podcast was called. I think it's called like the the dog training podcast or something. Um, anyhow, they were talking about they had a dog that had this fixation on the laser. And what they were able to do is to fix the problem. It was not a continued uh, game. And, and depending on how far you've gone along in this, it may or may not work. But what they did in order to attempt to fix the problem with this specific dog is they cued the beginning of the game, got the laser out, and then ended the game with a reward, I believe with tug or something to that effect. So it was like, oh, and you got it. And here's the tug. And then that turned into the game. So it was like chase the light until they get to the tug game. And that was able to kind of bridge the gap between we started this with the cue of something and then the dog knows and can kind of relax. They know when the game starts, they know when the game ends and it allowed to that cycle to be broken of, I have to constantly be looking because I never know when this game is going to actually start or end. So if you've started with a laser pointer, you there may you be may hope. try yet. that, but still... Going to be tough. So, next question. What do we get? This question was seconded by another person. Those are always good on Facebook. Both of them are top fans. So, we got to hey, thank you, top fans on Facebook. We appreciate you. So, Charlene Fabe said, My pup Zella just turned 17 weeks. Just today, I noticed she is being protective of her food. I used to be able to put my hand there when she was eating, but this time she growled at me. What is the best way to stop this behavior? Brian Miller said, I will second this. My 14-week-old lab has started this with her food as well as her chew bones. Been trying to really be positive about it, but it seems she is slowly getting worse. I don't like this behavior at all, especially since I have a six-year-old that is with her all the time and has a hard time with not touching her while she is on her bed with her bone. Okay. So there are a couple different facets with this. And, and you're not alone. You are 100% not alone. We get this question a lot. People reach out to us. It seems Yala like fairly more regular. Email. Either people yes. are more comfortable reaching out to us now, or this is a problem that's coming up more frequently with, you know, as dogs are developing and breeding programs are developing. We've kind of talked about how those progressions have happened over decades of time of change and environmental switches and things like that. Um, and this could be one of those things that is an environmental switch as well, because it does seem like it's been more recent in the sense of everybody is at home spending way more time with their dogs and puppies. Potentially. I don't know. Whatever the reason for it is though. It's not good. No. And, um, so it's always good to get as much information about the situation that's going on as possible. So you said that, you know, your 17 week old puppy, I think maybe one of them was 17. Yep. 17 week old puppy and 14 week Mm -hmm. old puppy, um, that you just noticed today that she's starting to be overly protective with her food. You used to put your hand in while she was eating. So did you take a break from that? And then you just went back to it, you know? three, five, six weeks after you'd been doing that, um, that can definitely be a situation where the dog is like, well, this hasn't been going on for a while. Same with nail trims. You know, if you trim your puppy's nails every week, but then you say, oh, well, I got busy and I forgot and it just 
didn't have time and you come back to it two months later, your puppy's going to be pretty resistant to that. And they're going to throw a fit and they're not going to be as conditioned to that as they were in the past. I think that the, the bigger part of this specific problem is it's not just food related. It's not just bone related. It's not just that one situation related. There's probably more things that are happening in day-to-day activities that you're maybe missing or overlooking or that are subtle enough that your dog is sending you signals that you're missing. And and maybe not 100% missing, but even just there's some level of pack roles and leadership roles and the dog's understanding of their roles that really needs to make a shift here in order for them to to get past this and food issue. And to be in the right place in the pack with your family. Yes. Because we've had a similar question from people that have, you know, their dogs laying on the couch and then they sit down next to their dog and their dog goes, "Mm." or, you know, they're sitting on the couch with their dog and then they reach over to pet their dog and their dog gives them a lip curl or whatever. Like, I don't want you to pet me right now. I'm just relaxing. And any of those behaviors that your dog is telling you, I don't want this. I don't want my nails trimmed. I don't want you to sit on the couch next to me. I don't want you to take my food. I don't want you to touch my bone. Well, that's not their, that's not their choice. It's really not. And the, the thing that we have to keep in mind, and this is, I mean, we're going to jump into it. We're real early in the session or in the, in the, this week's chat. And we're really early as it being just part one. Right. But we're already right to Ethan's unpopular um, opinions. Brutally honest Brutally moments. honest moments. Sorry, BBC. We keep trying to steal your thing. Um, Ethan's brutally honest... Uh, comments. Comments here. Okay, so first of all, they are dogs. And dogs are animals. They are not people. And if you are a little bit confused about this, you're probably watching the wrong YouTube channel or you're watching the right YouTube channel because we're going to help you through understanding that. Now, I, I, I want to make a very, 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 very strong... I'm drawing, I'm drawing a hard line in the sand here, okay? They are animals. Um, but at the same time, they are part of our family. And I do not want anybody that is watching this to think that I do not feel like dogs can be or should be or are part of the family because... Our dogs are 100% part of our family. Yeah, absolutely. We love them. They sleep in bed with us, sleep on the couch. They have their dog beds. They are 100% a part of our family. They play with Aiden. Um, And we have to be able to trust that they're going to be okay with things that um, aren't necessarily their choice in a sense. But the key to that whole situation is that uh, they are dogs. And um, this is a... So, just say it. Stop tiptoeing. They're dogs, and dogs are animals. That's what I'm getting at. It's they—they they are dogs, and they are animals, and they are not people. So, when you are looking at the situations, it's not so much their choice. It's not what they're thinking, feeling. They need to understand that their place in the pack, in the um, hierarchy of life, is at the bottom. And if they have confusions of that, they're going to show you with pushback. And that pushback is growling over food, growling over bones, growling over, don't pet me, this is my spot, whatever. 
All of our dogs, Kat mentioned, do all of these things, but they also understand their place. I can walk in and say, Psst, get out of my spot now. Hop and out of the bed. Gone. I can s- snap my fingers and poof, they're all gone. They all go to their dog beds. They know their place in the situation. And they they have privileges. That we're at the top of that yeah, pack. But they respect. And the fact that you're having this, it is a challenge because they're little puppies. So they, they're not set in their ways, but they are little puppies and they are challenging. Um, and the best way to get past this is going to be to work through a couple things. A very, very small drill that we do, it, it's called You Will Love Me is one of them. And it's just physical restraint. It says you roll the puppy over on their back and you hold them on your lap and you hold them there until they relax. Now, some puppies are going to figure that out pretty quickly, but then I want you to hold them longer. And they're going to get to the point where they're going to be like, I'm ready to get up. And you're saying, no, 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 you're going to stay here. This is it. This is your option. It's you don't not need anything. hurting them. No, it's not hurting you, but it is putting you in a situation where you understand that while they're in that stage where you can still handle them and do these things, um, they're learning. I don't have control over every situation. Which, if you watch some of Thunder's recent nail trimming videos, he's that a we're great making, example. Of yeah, that. and Ethan is keeping him in that position until he relaxes, until he gives in. The other night on the couch, we were doing this, and he gave in much quicker. Um, and then last night, I was holding him too, and he just fell asleep. So we're definitely making progress, and you can too. But it requires very consistent handling. And that is, he does not get up. And you'll watch um, in, did did that video go out yet? Yeah. Part two of that, where I held him for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was the dremeling one. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so the dremeling version, we show how to uh, trim his nails and then dremel them as well. Um, the end of that video, I mean, I held him for, I think, almost, almost 20 minutes. It was a long time. It was a long time. And it was because I'm holding him here and I can feel him tense and he doesn't want to give up. He's just waiting for that pressure to release so that he can dart or get out or scoot or do whatever. And ultimately it's one of those things that we just hold him here and help him through understanding that he needs to give in and submit if you will. But then once he does that, we say good boy and then release him. But it takes time. It's not that, oh, he he stopped for a second. No, he needs to relax. And once he's fully relaxed, then we let him go. And that was what took so long. It was like, it looked like he was relaxing. And Kat even said to me after the video, she was like, uh, why didn't you let him up forever ago? And I was like, because he was tense and he wasn't relaxed. And she, you couldn't even see that. It was more of a feel, feel thing. It, you could yeah. feel he was, as soon as I tried to give up a little bit, he would he be was ready to spring. trying to spring out of there. So, um, that can be a very, very, very small drill that can make a huge difference in your dog's overall understanding of their position. And overall understanding as far as like food related aggression or protectiveness goes as well, because if they start respecting you in one area, that respect is going to transition to many other areas. And, um, as far as like the food side of things goes, with our dogs, if there's ever any like grumbling, even if it's amongst themselves, like, oh, I want to protect my bone from this other dog that the walked by, gone. we take it away. It's gone. And we take it away so that they understand, hey, they screwed up. They're not going to get that reward as for that behavior. Yep. So you that- walk in, you say, hey, this is mine. And that's what it is. It's a very subtle way of saying, this is mine. You don't get this. If you're going to growl at me, psh, it's gone. The bone, psh, it's gone. All of those things. 
We'll try again later. We'll give you another opportunity. But for now, it's gone. You lost your opportunity. And with the food-related things as well, you know, you can always transition back to working those meals into their training sessions where they have to work for their food and they're getting their food directly from you, which is going to, again, build that bond and that trust and that respect for you because they're going to say, the only way I'm getting fed is from this person. And that means they're very, very important. And I respect that. Yeah. And it comes from them, which means without them, I've got nothing. Yep. So that's an option. And then I know that I think it was Brian mentioned, yes, Brian, about their six-year-old child, you know, not understanding about boundaries and things like that. Again, we have to remember they're dogs and unpredictable things can happen. And we would hate for that to happen 100%. Um, And Aiden... Our son, he's 19 months old, and when he feeds the dogs, because he'll help set their food bowls down, then we tell him, you have to back up. You can't be right over them. You can't keep your hands in their dish. And sometimes he tries to pull their food out and stuff and play with it, and we tell him, no, you have to stand back so that he learns boundaries too, because like Ethan started this out, they're animals and they have animalistic tendencies, and that all derives from when they were wild animals. Um, so we want to be advocates for our dogs as well as our children and them knowing and understanding boundaries is really important. You know, I'm not letting Aiden pull on my dog's ears or pull on their tails or, um, you know, he pets them pretty exuberantly sometime and starts patting them really hard. And we're like, no, buddy, you got to pet nice. Um, so we have to advocate for the dogs by teaching the children the proper way to interact with them. Absolutely. These are fantastic questions. Yes. And that was definitely a really good part one of this week's Yawa. So As we're going to take a short break. I believe we need another, or I need another, need, going to make another. <laughs> and we will see you here shortly for part two. Alrighty, uh, welcome to part two of this week's uh, Yawa. So first you're silly and now you're boring. <laughs> hey, I can do it all, folks. I'm here all week. So we have um, gin hitos. If uh, any of you aren't familiar, they have mint, lime. I uh, recently got a lot of mint in there. Um, so good, though. Given to us by some patrons who happened to have the opportunity to stop by. Chet and his family from Colorado brought this down. We really appreciate it. So thank you. It was super refreshing on a day like today, too. It was, it was so hot. hot today. Yeah, we went out for a mule ride and uh, fed the quail. And Because Aiden loves, our son loves to ride on the mule. All he says all day is, mule, mule, mule. Yes. I'm like, it's 100 degrees out, child. We do not need to go on the mule. But we went out on the mule anyway. For a little while, we came back and we were literally dripping sweat and uh, drank a cup. I drank a few bottles of water this afternoon. So did I. And uh, now this it's is time for very a refreshing. Mm-hmm. Can I start with a question? <sighs> Let's go ahead and have a question. Okay. This is a good question from America. Dot LeBlanc on Instagram. <laughs> America 
does it say M E R I C? No, M A R I Marica. I don't. Oh, Marica. Marica. Um. So. My family is going to adopt a new GSP puppy soon. Do you have any tips on how to choose which puppy of the litter to pick and any tips for a new dog, like things we should do or essentials for a GSP? I love your videos. This is a really good question. It's a great question. And we have a couple really great resources for you. One of which just came out probably after you asked this question, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about it. So we are getting another lab puppy. Yay! Yay! We um, are actually partnering up with Bob at Lone Duck. If you guys don't already follow him, he's got an Instagram. Um, what are those called? Instagram account? Channel? Page? Page? Insta- Inst- Instagramming? Speaking of Instagram, we also have an Instagram because you guys already know that, but... Um, for those of you that uh, don't already, hit the subscribe. Hit It's over here. Hit the subscribe button. I think the statistics are, it's like between 60 and 70% of people that watch our videos don't subscribe. It's pretty simple. Hit the subscribe button. It helps out a lot. Um, but he has an Instagram. He has a YouTube. He has a Facebook. And we're going to be working together on, come on now. I'm just counting fingers like I've got... <laughs> It's like it's my first time here. It's it's just funny. He's got a Facebook. He's got an Instagram. He's got a YouTube. He's got Wi-Fi. He's, he's got a Wi-Fi. That's what I was waiting for. Like something like that. It's like. he's Yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. He's got a lab and we're going to go pick it up. Um, this little litter of puppies is uh, pretty cool. I've been getting some updates and I'm pretty excited we had the Sprigster, and Sprig was the epitome of the British Lab. A little smaller, super low-key, easy going, but had a lot of drive and desire. We got him from uh, Josh and Whitney up in Riverstone Kennels, and it was a lot of fun to work with him. If you guys have not seen his series yet, you need to be checking that out. It's standingstonekennels.com slash links. We'll get you to the playlist. That playlist has all of the videos in order, so you can watch his progression from eight weeks all the way up. Now... There's a few things that we missed in that series, and we're going to be taking this next series with the new little black lab male puppy. I know we're getting a black lab because black male because I think we're getting a male and there's pretty much primarily black options. So the likelihood of us getting anything other than black lab, I think, is slim to none. So um, a little black male, and he is more from American Lines. Lots of master hunters, I believe some field trial champions, something else. And that says there's a good potential for a bit more on the top side there. Um, I still think that they're going to have a really good personality and the ability to kind of have that calm down. But it may be a more uh, energy level. I mean, they're still labs. They're labs, but it may be an energy level closer to what we're used to with our little short hair puppies. So um, all of that being said, we're going to try and fill in the gap with Sprig Series. Things like how to pick the puppy. We're actually going to be shooting a video um, flying out, and I believe Kat may be able to come with me. I'm trying to make it happen. I don't want to get left behind. We're going to go out, and we're going to... Especially, especially, especially. because the puppy pickout day is over our anniversary weekend, so I don't want to get left out and sit at home. Yes, it is. Without him. Yes, it is. 
That's 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 the kind of amazing wife I have. She says, <laughs> "Hey, yes, you can go pick up the puppy, but please bring me with you." Yeah. So, um, we're gonna go on this trip. We're gonna be meeting with Bob the breeder, and he's gonna be helping us select a puppy, which is the way that we recommend that you do that. You need to be talking to the folks that have spent all of this time with and know the dogs and know them for what they are, and then. If they say this one and this one kind of show the personalities you're looking for, then go with whichever one you feel most attached to in that short amount of time because there is that level of it too. You'll go, oh, I love this one or this one pays more attention to me or all of those kind of things can help. But ultimately, listen to your breeder. That's going to be the best thing that we can recommend for picking a new puppy. Give them as much information as you can about what you're looking for, what kind of family you have, what kind of hunting you do, all of that, because all of that information is going to make the breeder's um, job a lot easier for recommending a puppy that's going to be a good fit for that. Now, if your breeder, and I'm going to say this, if your breeder says, any dog will be fine, and they give you no feedback or anything else, you might not be in the right place. And to be fair, we mm. we breed pretty consistent litters. We do breed I mean, consistent litters. That is what we're working to produce. But is has very there consistent. ever been a situation? No. No. Okay. Has there ever but been I'm a situation just, where just say, anyone is fine? No, there's usually the two ends of the spectrum where you've got the really low key puppy out of the litter and the really high powered puppy out of the litter. Mm -hmm. It could be a male. It could be a female. It doesn't really matter. And then you got that, you know, wait, wait, wait. Don't females develop faster. Absolutely not. Don't, don't males, uh, make better companions. Absolutely not. Let me see if I can come up with something else to say. That's kind of like a no false advertising here. Um, so we get that question a lot though of, oh, well, I've heard females are, you know, train easier. Or I've heard that females are more affectionate. That's not the case. Um, we've worked with a lot of dogs and a lot of dogs out of our breeding program and our litters. So it gives us a huge sample of dogs from an entire litter that we get to work with and say, okay, the males and the females are pretty similar across the board. It's not, oh, this one trains better and this one is more affectionate. No, they all have the same level of trainability, the same lovability. You're going to see the biggest differences from litter to litter. Yep. So this litter and, and is going to have its own personality, yes. but that doesn't, isn't dependent on, on sex basically. Correct. But you're going to have then your in-between puppies that are, are pretty similar across the board. Um, but you're going to have your outliers. And so your breeder should be able to make recommendations of, yeah, this puppy is going to be a lot. And if you only plan on hunting, you know, a few times a year, you know, you might want to look at one of these other puppies um, or this puppy's super duper laid back. If you only plan on hunting a few times a year um, and that you just want a really mellow family dog, you've got a couple kids, yada, yada, this might be a really good option for you or any of these puppies might be a good option for you. So definitely take a look at one of the videos that we posted here earlier this week that is Bob and I having a conversation, me asking him some questions about the litter, the dogs, him asking me some questions about what I'm looking for out of a dog, and then talking about how he would make recommendations on a specific litter and ultimately the litter that we got set up on to pick up that puppy later this summer. Now, the next thing is in that series, we're going to be including some really cool stuff like how to travel to pick up a puppy from a litter. 
We're going to do a whole vlog showing everything that we pack, everything that we do along the way. How we prepared. Yeah, how we've prepared and how we are um, actually going to be bringing that dog back with us. We'll be flying back with the puppy. So it's going to show a lot of really cool things with that for anybody out there that's going to need help preparing to fly with a dog. Um, On top of that, then we're going to do some of the basics, but we did an entire series of the basics and I don't need to really show that unless there's a lot of differences. So we'll do some of that along the way, but ultimately what we've got this puppy for is to do the advanced stuff. So we'll have a fairly complete series and then we'll get to take it to the next level, which is kind of right where we left off with Sprig. Definitely. And then you also asked for, you know, what are some of the essentials, things that we recommend for bringing home a new puppy? And I actually wrote an article on our website under the dog blog tab. Um, I think it's 10 things you should have. Mint. (laughs) You need like a little strainer (laughs) for the top. I just went all, ah, mint. Um, But I think it's 10 things that you need for a new puppy or 10 things, 10 recommendations. 10 things I hate about you? No. 10 items. Have you seen that movie? I have. I love that movie. Okay. So she's seen a movie. (laughs) It's a rom-com. So of course I've seen it. Rom-com. I've never even heard that term. Romantic comedy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Good job, honey. I'll show up to the party eventually. (laughs) Anyway, so check out that article that I wrote. It's got a really good list of things that we recommend for you to have on hand before you get your new puppy and (laughs) things like that. Okay. What do we got? Okay. From Ellen Carlander on Instagram. Hello, Ellen. Is there an ideal time or point in your life when it'd be a good idea to get a puppy? AKA, what should someone's circumstances be before they start with a hunting dog? Context. I'm in my early 20s, and the resounding dialogue has been, don't get a dog, you're young. It'd be a bad idea, implying 20-somethings are financially unstable or unwilling to commit to a dog for 15-plus years or don't have the best living situation for a dog to be happy. What are the lifestyle requirements you should have in place before you bring a GSP puppy home? So, Ellen... First of all, it's a very responsible thing to think about and to do for sure. Uh, But don't listen to those naysayers that say, oh, you're in your 20s. You're not in a position to get a dog, get a puppy. It's your life. You are doing your due diligence of asking the right questions, making sure you're in a place um, to take on a new dog. And nobody else knows your situation better than you do. Uh, when this kind when of hits- I was in my early twenties, I started my own business and that was, uh, and we got married. That's what I was going to say. This yeah, hits it's really close to home. And some of the comments that we got when I said, Hey, I am we're getting married, and they were like, Oh, well you can't take that back. I'm like, uh, thanks. Cause we were pretty young. I think we were pretty young. And people didn't know the, our life story and they were looking in and making assumptions based on, you know, the norm. And yeah, sure. A lot of 20 year olds are not in a place in their life yet that they are ready to take on the commitment of a marriage or a dog or children. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that are completely ready for that. So you just need to look at your own situation and yes, definitely having Um, The time to commit to a high-powered sporting breed is important because they take a lot of time. If you're working 10-plus-hour days and are gone from home that entire time, 
that's not going to be a great situation for any dog, let alone a sporting breed to be put into. Um, yes, It'd be tough. Yeah, it would be, be tough. tough. It would be really hard because they do take a lot of time. They have a lot of energy. And if you don't give them the time and allow them to burn off some of that energy, they're not going to be an enjoyable part of the family either because they're going to be worked up and they need to expend some of that well, mental and, and physical energy. Well, and we know a guy right now that has that similar situation. You know, he has super long hours. He loves dogs, wants a dog, but at the same time understands, you know, I'm not really in a place with the fact that I'm putting in 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, depending on the week. I mean, I wouldn't see the dog, you know, it's just not going to happen. And I don't have, I can't do that. So it really depends on having, you know, having enough time, having a consistent enough schedule that you can make the time, um, which make the time as part of it too. Um, we, with our first dog, short hair, um, we're in the process of buying a house. We put down an offer. It was accepted. It was contingent on, you know, an inspection and a couple other things, but the house looked great, had a fenced in smaller yard, but fenced yard and a few really nice things. Cause we weren't far from a dog park and we are active and like to hunt and like to exercise and all those things. And we we're like, this is perfect for us. So we got the dog and we were supposed to close in like what, two weeks, a week. Uh, it was about two weeks. Two weeks, we were supposed to be able to move in the house. And we're like, we can have the puppy, the little baby puppy in our apartment for two weeks. And then we're in the house. It'll be perfect. Well, we got the puppy and the house fell through. The inspector found a whole bunch of problems. And we talked to them and they were like, not working with you. And we went, well, it's probably better for us to not. So then we end up getting, quote unquote, stuck with a puppy in an apartment. And what that took was a commitment. Yes. And that commitment was... She needed exercise in the morning because she, Kat and I both work and. And this is the dog we lovingly refer to as crazy Sandy. Crazy Sandy. So she was so definitely she was on a, the high end of the spectrum. Yep, 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 yep. Wait. Um, and I don't know a, if I've had anything. Maybe it's because we're better now too, but I don't think I've ever had anything that was to the level that she was. No, no, no. I mean, we've told this story before, so I'll tell it real fast, but there was one day that she ran um, a quick marathon while like I was- 25 miles on the treadmill. Well, on the, yeah, she ran a quick marathon on the treadmill while I was working. I mean, we had somebody watching her, obviously, but um, the office lady sitting there on the desk and the treadmills are right here. And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll keep a close eye on her or whatever. She she ran a quick marathon while I was at work. So the um, all of those things being said, we made the sacrifice, which was- she needs uh, time. She needs exercise. She needs ex- training. Stimulants. She needs all the things. Yep. And I would take my, I mean, I got a 30 minute break. I was fortunate enough to be close enough, but I got a 30 minute lunch break and I would take my lunch break and bomb back to the house, grab a sandwich, apartment. bomb back to the <laughs> apartment. Yep. yep. Let her out to potty. Yep. Put her away. On the way out the door, I've got a handful of a sandwich that I'm eating on the way back to work so I can make it in my 30 minutes to make sure. You know, so it was all of those kind of things that, you know, rather than going whatever else, we made that commitment to her. And it was a lot. I mean, it really was, but it was, it was worth it too at the same time. You know, I mean, it's, it's knowing what you want and what you can do and. And being willing to commit the time to it. Because it is going to take time, dogs, puppies, everything takes a lot of time and work. Um, But if you are able to put in the time, you're definitely in a position that you can have a dog at 20-something. Yes, you should be in a position financially. Also, because there's going to be vet expenses. I mean, 
not only are you going to have your vaccinations and probably a bout of diarrhea at some point in time that you're going to head to the vet for, but hunting dogs are active and hurt themselves, run through a barbed wire fence, need stitches, um, any number of things. And having a financial reserve to be able to pay for those vet expenses. So you're not go fund me. My dog is sick which is a huge pet peeve of ours. So I had to throw that in there. Um, But if you have the financial stability to be able to take care of the dog and be responsible for their well-being, Mm -hmm. then you should be completely fine to get a dog. The, I mean, the other side of that is the, even if you were to be getting, let's say you find yourself and this is completely out of context as far as me knowing I'm talking now my rear end here, but, um, you know, you get yourself a, a what are those what are those dogs called that come in fancy colors and they're like little French bulldog. French. You get yourself a lavender French bulldog with with light blue eyes or or whatever it is, and it's going to cost you whatever the fad is. Whatever the fad is, right? So you get this fancy little French bulldog, and it's going to cost you fifty five hundred, six thousand, fifteen thousand. I don't know what the number is, but it's going to cost you a lot for just the puppy. It's probably going to be the least that you're truly going to invest in that dog in its entire life. I mean, even if it's an expensive puppy, it's the least that you're going to invest between taking them to the vet, preparing for those things, food, um, toys, exercise trips. I mean, you've got to count those aspects. Some people of things. do doggy daycare, and doggy things daycare, like that. or boarding at some point in time. All of these things are going to add up. So, um, you know, having the time, having the commitment, and then being financially stable enough to know. You're putting money away. You're preparing to be able to take care of your dog because that is part of the responsibility. Yes. And the last thing that I'll mention with the part of the responsibility is you understand it's a 15 plus year commitment. I mean, Grandpa Rex is 14 and a half years old. We, you know, absolutely love him. Will he make another year? Maybe. I don't know. He he's slowed down, down a lot quite this a bit. Yeah, he's um, down he's a lot still healthy. Year. He still makes it up and down the stairs. I he's mean, he still... made it down to the, you know, the check the mail and come back the other day. And that was hard on him the other day just to go all the way, quarter of a mile, down to the mailbox and a back. Half, 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 half. It's a quarter of a mile down and a quarter of a mile back. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I think we have a wager here. I, I would bet you. We do not you, have a half a mile drive. Oh, 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 maybe we do. Maybe we do. That's I right. didn't even get to get out. I was going to bet you the dollar, which you don't currently hold. So I forfeit my bet. You for you realize we live a half a mile from the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So still a mile <laughs> loop. He was pretty tired after that. Yes, he was. Anyway, but he's still in pretty good health. I mean, he's not having mark any mark it pox. down. Throw a check mark. One for Ethan. Come Not on. really. I rescinded my comment. Yeah, throw one up here. And Whatever. Anyway, um, what I was going to say, though, is also when you're young, we've been there, uh, you move a lot. Things change. You might get a new career. You know, you might be getting out of college and getting a new job and then moving and having to find a new place. And if you've got a dog and you've made the commitment to them, they're part of your family. They are part of your commitment and you can't just throw them away when it's convenient for you. The people that, you know, say, oh, we got to move in my new place. I just can't have a dog. There are other places. We have been there where our house fell through and the apartment we were living in didn't allow pets, which we were breaking the rules for those two weeks because we're like, yeah, we're moving out anyway. And we'd already turned in our, you know, 
what is that called? We haven't lived in an apartment for forever. Uh, we were leaving notice. Yeah, I don't even know. Lease termination, whatever, whatever. We were getting out of the lease. So they'd already re-rented the apartment anyway. So we had to move. Well, now we have this dog. There are not a lot of really great opportunities, um, especially in a college town where we were living at the time. For a pet-friendly... No, we moved into the slums. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we lived right behind a bar every morning at 2.30 in the morning. All the glass bottles, all the beer cans, all the things. I mean, I think it trash. took almost a year of living there before we slept all the way through the night, because, Monday through Saturday. Yeah, because it was so <laughs> dang loud. They're dumping the garbage in those metal trash bins at the end of the night or early morning, whatever. And it let's, was... Let's be honest. I slept always. Cat woke up. Yeah, I'm a light sleeper. He can sleep through anything. Um, But we didn't say, oh, well, we're just going to ditch this dog because we're really not in a good place for it now. And it would be nicer to be in a better place in a better apartment. Absolutely not. We said, we've got this dog. And so now we have to get a place that allows us to have this dog. So if you're making the commitment, which it sounds like you're ready to do, you understand it's a 15 plus year commitment. You're making a commitment. You're not just going to say, oh, it's not convenient for me to have a dog now. Let me just move it on into a humane society or a shelter or give it away or abandon it somewhere. That would not be okay. Absolutely. It's so, a great question. Yes. Uh, we talked Something a lot that I'm very it. passionate about, if you can't 100%. tell. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I wanted to answer that one. We're going to take another quick break here. And because we'll be I'm about ready for a refill now. We'll be back for part three shortly. And we're back. Part three of this week's Yawa. Cat got herself a quick refill on the gin hito. Little too much mint. I need like a strainy glass or a straw. I need a straw that would get me under all of the mint. And we're out of the mint again. Thank you guys for supplying the gin and the hito and the. They've been amazing. Fantastic. Super refreshing on a day like today. Gin was really, really, really good too. Yes. I will probably use the rest of it in more mojitos and something else because I have a fancy purple drink that I really like too. I feel like I like that almost better than uh, the, what do you typically put rum in a white rum, right? I don't know. I think so. I've never made a mojito. You make all my drinks. Bartender. (laughs) So thank you for that. Or right, wait, 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 wait. Mixologist. What's the difference? I don't have any idea. Okay, well, because he doesn't know the difference. We and have a couple I minutes. Some Guys, if you haven't watched part one and part two yet, we talked about some real cool stuff. Some things that I was, at least I was very passionate about in both passionate? part one yeah. and part two. Like, yes, yes. Felt we strongly put, for. We put a lot of. Ugh into that and uh, we want you all to go back and watch it. Any of you that are just tuning into our channel for the first time, you clicked on this video you know anything about else about us, yada yada, hit the subscribe button. There's going to be more of this stuff and we appreciate all of y'all for subscribing. Yes and I thought this was a really great question and something that I didn't really think about 
answering ever. So I want to answer it from one of our top fans on Facebook. Hey, hey, Facebook top fan. So the account is from Eric Doan, but it says, hi, this is Genevieve. My dad and I are watching Ah. your training videos nightly. Awesome. I'm glad that you're able to do that with your dad. That's so cool. We watched the whole Quest series and now are on to Fox. Can you give me an update on how they're doing and how old they are now? So I thought this was a really great question because we do have a couple series. We've got our Quest series, Rogue series, some of Fox's series, our Mac series, and our Sprig series with the lab puppy. All the rest were short hairs. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I didn't really think about. You know, we do those series. We show their puppy training. Um, Some of the puppy training series go from around a you know, eight weeks to a year and then give or take. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, poof, they're done. Now what? They're gone. Right. So quest, she is, um, first and foremost quest. Yeah. Cause she's my favorite. (laughs) I love that little girl. Um, so she is over two now. She turned two in May. Her and Ethan actually share a birthday birthday twin. And she's actually doing, Awesome. Um, she's a great family dog, as well as she's getting ready to have her. Well, she hasn't been bred for her first litter yet, but she will be. That is the ultimate goal for her. Mm-hmm. And we are in the process of doing some formal steadiness work with her. If you've been following along with any of our other um, YouTube series, which if you turn on sub- the notifications and subscribe, you'll here. see them over here somewhere. Um, we've been doing that training steadiness with Hatch. Well, we're going through the same thing with Quest and we threw up a live video on Instagram TV the other day with one of her training sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can kind of peek in and see how she's doing now. She has been phenomenal. Um, so she's doing great. Uh, Rogue is, oh, how old is Rogue now? Wait, 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 wait. Everybody hit the like button for Quest. Yeah. Everybody loves Quest. If you don't like Quest, there's something wrong with you. Um, So then there's Roguelet. Rogue. Roguelet. We always have nicknames for our dogs. She is uh, two and a half, probably, Mm because she's just a little bit older than Questy Pup. And she's doing great. She has finished her trained retrieve. Um, She's actually going to go live with a really great friend of ours in Michigan. Yep, yep. So Ryan is going to take really great care of that little girl. Um, And we're super happy because we're going to get to see her all the time during hunting season because we hunt with him a lot. And then Mac, who is one of the first series that we did, they are a little rough around the edges, shot with an iPhone, terrible audio, (laughs) kind of the the beginning. Um, He's doing great. He lives with his family and he is, I think, probably three now. Um, maybe three and a half even. Lives in Ohio. I think Ohio. Ohio. Um, my mom actually took a road trip to get him to his new family and she got lost on the way. So she, where did she end up in? I don't know. She was headed to Dublin, Ohio and and ended up, she had to drive through Dublin, Ohio. And she ended up driving through Dublin, Indiana or something yes. to that effect. I, I don't like know. It was hours out of her way mind. out of the way. She's like, well, I'm just sightseeing. If you ever meet my mother, she's the sweetest lady. Um, and she helped us out by getting him to his new family. But um, so doing great. And then Fox, she actually went back to her breeder where we got her in Wisconsin. And um, I'm sure she's doing great as well. And then Sprig. He finished his training at about a year and went back up to Wisconsin to Riverstone Kennels. Uh, we got to do a culmination video with him and his daddy, Brock. 
um, with Josh and Ethan. And if you haven't seen that, definitely you can check it out on our uh, YouTube channel as well. And, and he's doing... he He's moving into advanced handling. He's doing yeah. a bunch of other stuff now. He actually mentioned to me, he's like, I don't know, do any of you guys really want to see how Sprig progresses? So if you guys do want to see that, definitely throw it in the comments below. Let us know. And then I can meet up with Josh. Um, I know that he kind of mentioned something about coming down and hunting uh, dove season here in Kansas. So there's Which would a potential. Be in September. Yes, there's a potential that we could do like a a coming home home again type of video or something to that effect, kind of to see his progress, where he's at, or some progression along the way. But definitely and, let us know in the comments if that's something you're interested in seeing. Yeah, and I know that they throw some stuff up on their Instagram story every once in a while that yep. he's in as well. So you might be able to catch snippets if you check it's, them out. Uh, again, it's Riverstone Kennels. You can hit them up on Instagram and I believe Facebook. But Definitely um, Instagram though, I know. I've been catching on their Instagram stories every once in a while. Spriggy's out there doing his thing. So. Yes. So... That was a really great segue into this next question from KK. KK. All right. What's the question? On Instagram. How do you determine who mates with who? Once they've been paired up, do you mix and match again or keep the t- them together to get the same temperament of puppies? And that's a really good question. It's a s- superb question. Yes. And... We put a lot into determining who's going to be bred to who. Uh, Ethan. A lot. We put everything into determining who's more than a lot. Yes. Everything. We put a ton of time into figuring out who should be bred to who. Uh, We have a pedigree program that we put in all of the dogs from every pedigree. Um, We evaluate 10 generations. Which ends up being 2,046 dogs. Boom. And that is a lot of data to enter into a program that then calculates things like coefficient of inbreeding, unique dogs, it, and continue. He's the he's the person that knows this stuff. I just am really good at 10 key and data entry. So he he uh, she is. Yeah, absolutely. ends up no, we look recruiting at, me for data entry only. Yes, we, we look at the total number of times that uh, specific answers excuse me, specific ancestors show up. And when we're doing all of that, you know, it's all to evaluate uh, what potentially a litter could produce. Then once we have the puppies on the ground, you know, we see mom, we see dad, and then we can say, yes, this is something we 100% want to do again. For example, grit being bred to backs, we have repeated a couple times and I guess three times now. Their third litter is just on the ground. They're so cute. They were just born last Saturday. Check them out on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Give them a like. Give them some love. They are so stinking cute. And I gave them an adorable litter theme. It's adorable. All with the help of our employees. It was all their ideas. I was like, give me your name ideas. Give me your name ideas. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Some of them were fantastic. And those are the ones we chose. None of them were bad. Uh, Some of them were bad. Okay. You only dislike the Harry Potter theme names because you don't watch Harry Potter or know the names. And he's like, I would never know which puppies are which. <laughs> Gryffindor. I know <laughs> well, something about that. Harry Potter. All right. So now um, all of that being said, we look at those things and then um, going forward, you know, on paper, 
we have these things, then the puppies come out. Then we evaluate them through our training program, which is huge. Dogs come in for training. We get to say, ooh, they figured this out really well. Ooh, they didn't figure this out as fast as what we would like. And then we can, you know, regroup and decide our next litter, which would people that are asking, can we get on your waiting list? Can we get a puppy from you? Can we do these things? All of that being said, then they say, hey, which, what's your plan breeding for next year and the year after and so on and so forth? And we say, we don't know. And the reason is because we're trying to evaluate. And once we've evaluated, we can say, we're going to repeat this or we're going to not. Now, on occasion, we make that joke. Yes, this dog's, these dogs are married. That means it's the only cross that's going to happen. But even that... There's the potential for, for example, something. example, with Grit and Vex, we've been super happy with their litters, but we've repeated the breeding three times. And we have multiple options to continue that line. And Grit's a producer. She's made some really nice puppies and we may have the opportunity to try something different. And we're different. always looking to add and grow our breeding program and move it in the direction we're looking for. But if we have the exact same puppy out of the exact boom, same cross boom, over boom, and over boom, and over, boom. that's not getting us anywhere else. So we may look at breeding her to something else and evaluating those puppies as well. So yes, a lot of times if we've got a really good Cross, we will repeat it once, twice, maybe even three times, and then look at what else looks good on paper that we can put to practice and see and evaluate those puppies as well to continue moving our breeding direct program in the direction that we are looking to ultimately get it to, which there's never a perfect dog out there, but that's always our goal and always what we're striving to do. And in that situation, there are some times when you can say, a specific female is a producer, which is a thing, or a specific male is a producer. They throw themselves or they throw a lot of themselves and you get small pieces of the opposite or whoever they're bred to. And sometimes I'll joke about and say, you know, I mean, they could be bred to a fence post and produce a a nice dog. And um, in that situation, it may be better from a breeding program's perspective to say, all right, we're going to try you to this male that has these things and then to this male that has these things and to this male that has these things so that we get a, a selection, if you will, and the potential for multiple options to add to our program to continue to improve. And as we continue those things, um, you know, we're always evaluating. We keep a dog and even those dogs, you know, once they get the opportunity to grow, which, I mean, we're talking about a two-year development process, Usually on the minimum before we're getting to the point, you know, like Quest is just over two years. She hasn't been bred yet or produced a litter of puppies. And, um, you know, so it's a, it's a big time commitment. It's a big commitment to take to say, all right, this little fluff ball at eight weeks Which old. Which most short hairs aren't fluffy, but we get your point. Yeah, this, this little pupper. There we um, go. This little pupper is going to someday be part of our program, hopefully. Hopefully. Now they have a lot of hoops to jump through. Big and shoes to fill. Once they jump through the hoops, they have more hoops to jump through. and Which includes health clearances, testing them, and then you know evaluating, are they truly a dog that we want to live with and be part of our family? Because we're looking at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. We want healthy dogs. We want hunting dogs. And we want family dogs because those are all parts of our breeding philosophy and things that we're looking to you know continue breeding towards. Yeah. Typically we, we describe it as we were, we're producing family oriented, versatile companions. And in that order, I mean, they have to be 
able to be livable. They have to be able to be part of the family. And if they can't meet that criteria, then we find them an environment that fits them, whether that's a um, search and rescue dog or detection dog or some other form of working dog. Um, And once they meet that criteria, I can be a family companion. Then we say, all right, are you good enough of a hunting dog? You know, I guide a lot. I travel a lot to hunt. Cat and I travel a lot to hunt. And all of those things require a dog to be not only above average from the family aspect of things, but above average from the hunting aspect of things, because the level of expectation is really, really high. Um, You know, I think that a majority of the people that I guide for ask me back for the dogs. I don't think it has a whole lot to do with me. You know, it's like, I'm excited to see Muddy. I mean, she is a a showstopper. Yeah. um, One guy actually told me the other day, he said, Hey, I saw your dog in one of the magazines because we, we did an advertisement photo with Yukonuba. They took one of our pictures to use in one of their ads and it's been in a couple different magazines. Like, Hey, I saw in shooting sportsman. I saw in pheasants forever. I saw in, I don't know some of the other ones. There's a few of them. I saw this picture of Vex, whatever. Where's Muddy at? And his actual words were, Muddy needs a new agent. I can't believe she <laughs> hasn't she hasn't made it in a magazine yet. So um, but everybody loves Muddy. Um, a lot of people love Vex, a lot of people love Nix, a lot of people love uh, Shooter, all of the all of the dogs and it's really, 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 really hard not to love Quest. And this will be her big year as far as developing. Um, you know, it's her second season. She's really going to turn it on and show all of the big things. So it's, um, you know, it's important to be able to do the family aspect of things and the hunting aspect of things. So, And the last thing that I want to mention is we are very fortunate because we work with some really great families, some really great people that get puppies from us and they trust us and they, you know, are wanting great family hunting dogs and they send their dogs back to us for training, which is amazing because not only do I love working with our puppies when they're a little bit older, but also it allows us to continue evaluating that breeding at six months old and nine months old and 12 months old. Heck, we've got Cazador back in and he is three and a half, four years old now. And so I'm again getting to evaluate him again as well, um, you know, from a breeding that we did four years ago. So that is something that we're very fortunate uh, about being able to continue evaluating that litter, um, as well as we require our puppies to run through the Novda natural ability test, which whether the dog comes to us for training, which is awesome because we get to get hands-on training and evaluating and then running them for those clients. But some people want to do it all themselves, which is also awesome, but I get to review those testing records and look at their water and their search and their nose and their desire and their cooperation. And I get to look at all of those things from just that puppy natural ability test and go, Hey, that looks like it lines right up with the rest of the litter. This was a great litter. Or I say, Mm, these puppies all, you know, struggled a little bit with their water this time, or, oh, maybe they weren't as cooperative on paper as I'd like. And maybe we'll change up that breeding next time. Um, so that's a really great evaluation tool for us as well, which is why we require those puppies from our breeding program to run through that test so that we can continue putting our program and our breeding program in the direction that we want it. 100%. That's a great, great question. And folks, that's all the time that we have for this week. 
We appreciate everybody that sent us in questions. And for those of you that didn't get your questions answered. Because there were a ton of questions about healing and easy leads. And I definitely want those people to have an opportunity to reach out to us for more help, especially if you're using our easy lead message us or hit us up on Patreon, because those are places that we're actually able to really evaluate your healing session and go, this is where you need to make a change. And just reading a text or reading a question or reading a message doesn't give us enough information on saying, well, this is what you're doing wrong. Well, I can't see that. So if you shoot a video of it and put it up on Patreon, I'm able to go, ah, try this. And believe me, there are so many people that they go, wow, just that one thing has changed the way that we've healed and the easy lead is working phenomenally now. So 100% check us out. It's patreon.com slash standing stone kennels. And we get to those questions every single day. I mean, there's a very few occasions that we don't, but it's uh, Monday very through consistent. Saturday. Um, we are very, very consistent on getting to your questions. So if you didn't get them answered this week, please hit us up there. Patreon.com slash standing stone kennels. And guys, I'm the guy with the pink gun. And I'm Kat, the dog trainer. And we are, uh, I've no, still I'm got not out of mojito. No, no, we're not, but we're definitely out of time. Um, we will see you guys next week. Thanks again for all the questions. We'll see you next week. In the next video. <laughs> In the next video. <laughs> I think you said next week like five times. Hey, that's all right. Next week, baby! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>